What hobby is an immediate red flag? Those people who post prank videos on social media. I know someone who does this and it's absolutely a red flag. Same goes for people who base their entire social media presence off getting views and likes. For some reason, I forgot these people exist in the wild. They shop, drive, and are just out and about. Scary stuff. I always assume people who did this would be normal in real life, but the person who I know who does this type of thing does a lot of the obviously staged and gimmicky videos, which are super cringy. You might expect them to be attention seeking, but it's actually worse. It's more so that everything is an opportunity for content, and it's like a switch they cannot turn off. There is zero living in the moment. Not to mention major social climbing and obsessing over how many people with blue check marks follow them. Absolute clout chaser. Every person they met, they immediately asked for their Instagram handle because every person they meet is an opportunity to gain a follower. This person is entitled and only sees people for what they can get out of them or use them for. They're very manipulative and obsessed with their image. This using people mentality carried over to personal relationships. In my case, the person I knew was having a full-blown affair with someone they knew that was married and said that they simply didn't care if they were being a bad person. We're not friends anymore. My husband's best friend from college is a YouTuber who has 800,000 subscribers. Used to be a really cool guy, but if it doesn't create content for him, it's not a priority. He bailed on our wedding last minute, he was supposed to be a groomsman, to go do some stupid video with another famous YouTuber. Definitely a red flag. The constant drive for likes and subscribers is toxic and gross. We all graduated to college over a decade ago and the dude still acts like he's 19 years old. It's kinda sad. At first, we really respected him for blazing his own trail and doing his own thing and getting out of our hometown, but he's just like every other douchebag influencer on Instagram now. Well, this kind of hits close to home as someone who is a YouTuber. I will say, over the years, I have caught myself getting swooped up in the content life and chasing the numbers, but I don't think I've ever done it at the expense of someone else. I absolutely hate prank YouTubers and met plenty of clout-chasing creators as well. These posts were completely accurate about a decent number of creators in this space. Posting everything, and I mean every single thing, on social media. Knew this one dude from work that did this crap all the time. It was annoying as hell. Unfriended him when I was scrolling through and saw that he posted a selfie of himself on the toilet and used the caption to say, Poopin'. Animal fighting, dog fighting, bird fighting, using dogs to kill cattle, wanting to see an animal kill another animal at your own amusement, non-documentary of course, seems like a big red flag to me. What about roaming the world unsupervised as a preteen, capturing wild animals in small enclosures, accosting passerbys, and demanding that they use their animals to fight your animals? Pikachu, I choose you! Wasting your time arguing with random people on the internet, especially if it's baiting. Well, I disagree. Stalking women and collecting their photos on a mural. That's oddly specific. Oh boy, this one guy, friend of a friend, wannabe photographer. Our friend in common approached me asking if I wanted to do a photo shoot with her. I agreed because I thought it would be fun and I met him before in social settings. They weren't unclothed or anything, it was all very artsy and not sexy. One thing I found odd was that he asked to do a few headshots afterwards. They had nothing to do with the photos that we had been taking, but I didn't say anything. 
fast forward a few months and the guy and I got closer, platonic, I was already dating my current partner. He invites me over to look at some footage that he recorded for a project I was doing. I got into his house, everything was normal for a bit. Well, we were talking about my project and while doing so, he walked over to his kitchen and I followed him absentmindedly while chatting. Then I stopped dead in my tracks. He had headshots of maybe 25 different girls taped to his fridge. Mine among them. Some had little marks made with markers. I recognized two of his exes and a girl I knew he had cheated on his last girlfriend with amongst one of the marks. He noticed I stopped and turned around. He didn't really say anything about it. I snatched my photo and my friends off the fridge and left. Later, a guy that knew him confessed to me and my friend that the guy had essentially a hit list of girls he wanted to hook up with. He lived in a small town, so most of the girls he wanted got pictures taken by him. It's been a few years now, and from time to time I remember the dread I felt looking at those pictures, with him just standing a few feet away. I felt like I was in a horror movie. This sounds kind of like a setup for one of those stories where he ends up killing everyone that he hooked up with, and they end up finding that he has this box filled with little resealable bags where he puts locks of their hair, or like toenails or something. I don't have any friends that are creepy as that guy in this post, but this story did unlock a memory of mine from a time when a former friend of mine used my phone to search up a girl we met at our job. He ended up saving a bikini pic of this girl and sent it to himself. I would find this out later when my girlfriend at the time was using my phone and while we were driving, she questioned why I had a bikini pic of a hot girl saved in my photos. As you might assume, this started a huge fight and there was no way my girlfriend was going to believe my friend was the reason I had this photo. You still suck to this day, Dave. Saw this post yesterday about a guy that uses real mouse hearts and testicles to place them in clear resin cast of Lego men. I don't know what that is, but it's a red flag. Adopting too many kids or animals, especially when you can't afford them. One word, gambling. Casino dealer here, it's almost never a hobby. One of my peers who had a successful career in the medical industry started playing poker religiously a couple years ago, completely out of the blue. As soon as he wakes up, he starts gambling on multiple applications on his phone. He plays every evening whether it's with friends or just random people. He started with no to low stakes and has worked his way up to higher and higher stake games. He used to be interested in live music, art, gaming, and he would hang out with friends when gambling wasn't involved. He had to move back in with his parents and stop buying herb, a 24-7 habit he had since he was 10 or 12. Not sure if that was related to his addiction of poker, but he won't say why he had to give up so much recently. But still, all he talks about now is when he's going to the casino next. From living in Vegas, I see a pattern of people having bad poker nights and then going to less skill-oriented games to make the money back. A $200 loss can become a $5,000 loss in a few minutes. I used to work at a slot machine casino. It's exactly how you said in that last sentence. Same guests would come every day and complain about the same damn thing. How much money they lost in the last couple of days. Granted, it is smaller amounts than 5,000, but the fact that they complained and still came back the next day was pretty alarming to me. Unfortunately, we weren't allowed to interfere or suggest a break from the casino, unless they came to us or that we saw a crazy change in their behavior. Even worse, we weren't allowed to even talk to them much because our boss said that we were interfering with their stay. It's sad that something that's literally made to be fun is sometimes someone's only income or debt. 
You see people fade away spiritually and physically, and you can't do anything about it because the company wants money. Family vlogging. They completely violate children's privacy. Using kids to shore up your own online presence is not okay. There are parents that are pimping their kids on OnlyFans, Patreon, etc. I watched two videos the other day exposing people that can buy exclusive picture sets of several 8 to 14 year old girls who are prominent on TikTok via parent run accounts. They showed the metrics and their viewers and buyers were like 75% male between the ages of 23 to 47. Freaking insane. The pictures were blurred in the expose, of course, but the pictures were said to be sexy bikini pics of little tween and teen girls. Disgusting crap. As a person with a kid who didn't even really want kids even, it absolutely blows my mind how easily some people exploit their own children. Like, that is your baby. How screwed in the head do you have to be to put money over their privacy, safety, and dignity of your child? I don't even post regularly innocent family photos of my kid on social media. Outside of like sending direct snaps to my dad or uncle, I'm far too paranoid about the kind of people that might see them. Even though I'd like to think I'm not friends with anyone that would look at my daughter in a predatory way. Damn, that just makes me so freaking angry. When you have a kid, your entire purpose for the remainder of your life is raising them to be the best version of themselves they can be and protecting them from evils of the world best you can, not sacrificing them to those evils to make a quick buck. Holy crap. Much like prank YouTubers, I've never really been a fan of family vloggers. I've seen a couple, even met Shay Carl once at a convention and he made a video for my sister. Some can be nice people, but I can't ever shake the feeling that there are so many people that want to see other people's kids. Like scripted television is one thing, but reality TV and online videos that involve kids' daily lives is just weird to me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now collecting blood slides my friend had one next to his table next to his AC unit when I asked him about it, he gave me this weird smile and claimed it was for work. I've never had beers with him since. Surprise, mother- If a person is preoccupied with their social media and they don't actually live and communicate in the moment, it's fine if you can communicate about it and make arrangements, but I'm not dating a person in a three-way relationship with Mark Zuckerberg. I would totally be fine with a person that has a heavy social media presence for work, but I would want to be able to set boundaries that work for both of us on it. Yeah, my sister-in-law talks about influencers as if they're her friend's IRL. I can't have a conversation without her taking her phone out and showing me someone she followed before they got famous. It's exhausting and honestly awful to talk with her. Her husband, my brother, has suggested she see a counselor about it and believes she genuinely thinks in her head that she knows these people. That, my friends, is what we call textbook parasocial relationships. On a date, casually thinking, well, you know, I guess there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Four. What? There's four ways to skin a cat. Influencing. Back in 1990, we had them. They were called commercials. Then infomercials. Then the crap became ridiculous. It's such a disturbing phenomena. Was in line at a touristy ice cream shop near me and the line was probably 20 people deep. Three women approached the counter and asked for samples of various kinds. It was their turn in line, so fine. Next thing you know, one whips out her cell phone and starts making a live video on how they just discovered this place. They spent the next two minutes sucking their samples off mini spoons for their fans. People were still waiting in line and we were just like, get out of the way. They never actually ordered anything. For me, these women epitomize idiocy of influencing. They never actually discover anything, but pretend they're the first person to experience things. It's so fake. Yeah, I hate these types of influencers because one, they do come off as fake, but most importantly, two, they ruin a lot of awesome places. Like, I don't like the idea of gatekeeping, but sometimes we should gatekeep certain places. And I don't just mean chill, delicious food spots. TikTok and Instagram have definitely ruined a bunch of cool nature spots because this location is a great place for your next photo shoot. Ugh. Someone reading a ton of philosophy can easily be a very good sign or a massive red flag depending on what specifically they're reading so much of. Shrines to people. When I first met my now late significant other, my son wanted to be sure he wasn't a killer and protect me. We were literally neighbors, so one day we walked to his house and my son said, let me see you don't have any pictures of my mom with exes on them. He thought my son meant pictures of his exes. Nope, my kid just wanted to be sure that there was no shrine of me somewhere with my face crossed out with Sharpie markers. 
Running an MLM or being an admin, aka dictator, of a local area Facebook group. Dude, I'm one of the mods for our local Facebook gardening group. So much drama in what I thought was a peaceful calming hobby. Yeah, I see a lot of dictators in a few groups I've been in, but I feel like it's probably due to how crappy the members of the group are most of the time, rather than them actually wanting to be jerks. I have dated two horse girls in my life and they both ended up very similarly. (laughs) Arguing with strangers on the internet. Not like usual discussions or anything, just taunting people because you're bored. My mother does this, goes on Facebook pages specifically geared towards things she dislikes, messages them big long nasty grams, then blocks them before they can fight back. And yes, my mother is freaking exhausting. This post is funny because I actually made it a goal this year to stop engaging with ridiculous people on the internet. I still have conversations with people, but the moment name calling or belittling begins to happen, I'm out. My mute and block buttons are also used now because I don't care if it's a sign that the other person won the argument if I use it. If you feel validation from winning an argument online, that says more about you than it does me. So I have no problem letting people think that. Kid beauty pageants. I dated a girl in LA who had taken part in beauty pageants going back to when she was a kid. She had a good amount of success with it and she was most certainly a looker. But man, she was completely crippled with anxiety. Those pageants freaking mess girls up that start young. There's that famous gif of that girl giving a mischievous double chin smile. She ended herself at the age of 16 pretty recently. Those insane pageant moms are living vicariously through their daughters, the way belligerent sports dads live vicariously through their sons at baseball games. Not that it's an excuse for their behavior, but I think the pageant moms and sports dads have massive insecurities about living up to the conventional standards of femininity and masculinity, or are in denial about their own internal insecurities. So they become obsessed with forcing their kids to live up to an ideal they couldn't obtain themselves. And a lot of those kids also aren't going to be able to either or even want to live up to these incredibly specific standards of masculinity and femininity. I'm pretty sure beauty pageants for little girls and teens just simply shouldn't be a thing. I remember reading an article about a girl that won a beauty pageant, and then it was revealed that she made a spicy video so she would be able to pay for the cost of that pageant. I think they stripped her of the title, and I don't know what happened to her after that. Watching gore or sending gore videos to their friends. I had a roommate like this. He started watching all kinds of gore and pain Olympic videos. It gave him some sort of superiority complex since he became desensitized to gore and he would always try to get me to watch those videos with him. Likely so I would be grossed out and he wouldn't as some sort of alpha move or something. Fast forward a month and I found our other roommate lying in a pool of blood on the bathroom floor, barely conscious. Where was our super alpha Chad roommate at the time? He ran out of the room and slept at the neighbors, leaving me to keep our roommate awake while the paramedics showed up and eventually mop up all the blood too. The one roommate lived, and the last I heard, he's doing well. The other guy, he can go screw himself. I'd make a bet that that guy was an average Joe Rogan listener. What about lewd anime figures? I get liking anime, but when your room is full of gel bait anime girls in bathing suits and lewd poses, There's something that's not so chill going on there. Shopping at conventions with the I have to be able to shamelessly walk into my parents' house with it rule is surprisingly challenging. 
There's always so much fun when you're previously G-rated, or so far PG-rated, fandom suddenly sprouts a niche offshoot which has a scantily clad anime girl as a central figure. Because you just know that if you ever mention the fandom to anyone ever again, they'll look it up and the first result will be one of those pictures. I used to live in Japan and we would semi-regularly end up at the mall for some food, break a bill, and get change. In Japan, the lowest paper note is about $10. So all the coins would go to ice cream, then with whatever I had left, I would take it to the arcade and try to win the lewdest, crudest anime waifu figure I could. One of my friends thought I actually wanted one and got me a Nami figure as a gift. I wasn't going to not display it, but it was hilarious to explain what the story was every time somebody new came to my house. I kind of want to give my two cents on this topic because there was a lot of people going back and forth in the comments on this one. For full transparency, I'm a weeb and I would totally buy one of those lewd figures because no joke, the quality and design of some of those things are insane. They just so happen to be lewd. But I do find it funny that people would consider it a red flag, but a house full of alcoholic paraphernalia, substance paraphernalia, or even weapons wouldn't get as questioned as much as lewd paraphernalia. But I will say, if like a majority of someone's collectibles are these figures and they're lolly based, then I'd say red flag. If their identity is surrounded by Disney, sorry, I said it. I had a cousin who engineered a massive split in the extended family by having her wedding at a Disney World in Florida. She expected everyone to fly there from around the country and stay at the resort itself. A bunch of the family members opted out entirely because of how expensive it was. She ended up feuding with even the family members that did show up but ended up staying at cheaper places in Orlando. I was fortunate enough to be too distant of a relative to even get an invite. I remember seeing an I Am The Jerk post where a bride and groom were both into Disney. So they convinced everyone to fly out to their wedding at Disney and then proceeded to not provide food or drinks for anyone. Instead, they paid like $3,000, it may have been more, I can't remember, to have a guy in a Mickey costume be at their wedding and force their guests to pay for the expensive food slash drinks from nearby vendors out of pocket. They were rightly judged. I'd like to add that if a person's personality is centered around any one thing, it's a red flag. Gun bros, substance heads, car people, foodies. Basically, if all you can talk about is one subject and nothing else, that's totally a red flag. Crypto, NFTs, and listening to Andrew Tate. Adults who are really, really into experiencing child-oriented entertainment in public. The 40-something-year-old guy hanging around Chuck E. Cheese by himself. Not necessarily the odd bird who collects kids' toys. Although that is a bit strange to me, too. Okay, I'm feeling personally attacked from all the people coming after toys. First off, they're collectibles. But in all seriousness, I think people enjoy collecting things from their childhood or experiencing things from their childhood because it was a simpler time. Because let's be real, when you have to really look at the world and notice how everything is so messed up, it's nice to just go home to things that make you feel nice. That's it for this video. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Link at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot. It's linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.